This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 folks, welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from courtside because we're not here to talk about a basketball movie uh, but we are here to talk about a basketball movie just not the basketball movie you expected that's right folks we're here to talk about the hit new film air yeah that's right a-i-r air the story about the lucrative signing of michael jordan to nike and thus the birth of a shoe line that has forever been part of this world and uh, you can't miss it. Uh, it's everywhere. Air. Um, the shoe. Air Jordans. Air Jordans. Michael Jordan. Greatest of all time. Up for debate for the basketball heads. But Air Jordans, the shoes. Probably the best shoes of all time. Up for debate for the sneaker heads. We're here to talk about the film about the making of this deal and this shoe. Uh, with me, as always, is Dr. Chase Attorney. Psych. Just kidding. Dr. Chase Attorney. Did not tune in for air. He's still on his Super Mario Brothers movie high. But don't worry, I got a host of supernovas here who are here to talk about uh, this movie. And let's see who we're hearing from tonight. No relation to Grandmaster Hoop, Hooper TV. Rose the Craft. Hi, I'm Dr. Rika from the Yonko Table, and you're not watching Disney Channel. Okay, perfect. Let's get into air. Um, air. The story of the Air Jordan. Is this a movie that anybody wanted? Is this a movie that you were like, damn, when are they going to make that air movie about the making of Air Jordans? Where's that movie? I want that movie. Was anybody over here like, this is what we need? can't say that I was craving this movie. Um... But I think similar to its origin stories, um, you know, the Last Dance documentary, it's the kind of like the scariest, most locked in times of the pandemic, really revitalized, I think, an interest in Michael Jordan and like his story and his kind of legacy. Um, and a part of that, obviously, is his shoe line and Air Jordans. And so I can't say I watched that and I was like, I want to hear the history of how Air Jordans came to be. But funny enough, I think the writer of this movie did do that where he saw, you know, um, The Last Dance and was inspired to tell the story of how kind of like this deal got done 
and Air Jordans kind of came to be. So I don't know if I was like, had any interest of this movie in particular, but one person did. And here we are. I'm thinking about this from a variety of like angles. One is like, this is sort of a sports movie. I think this is the type of sports movie we're going to get in the mainstream. I think they've done all of the that they could in terms of like making the Rockies or making baseball themed films or, or football where you tell a story about an underdog or someone who's kind of scratching and clawing their way to the top or maybe not. But I think this is what we sort of get now with sports movies. It it reminded me a lot of Moneyball in terms of like it's a baseball movie, but also there's so much talk behind the scenes. Like you're seeing what's happening as they're trying to construct a team with very little money. Um, and this felt like that of like, it is sort of a basketball movie, but it's behind the scenes of what's happening with basketball. So it, it reminded me a little bit of that. Of like, how do we almost like deconstruct the sports formula? Because we've seen it so many times. So we need to do something a little new. And then it's also like a, we're doing a lot of like brand movies lately. I think you mentioned a uh, Super Mario Brothers, a uh, Dungeons and Dragons just came out. I think Tetris is out on Apple. Like we're doing a lot of let's find a brand and make a movie around it because we need something people are familiar with, but we don't have like Marvel or we don't have Star Wars or we don't have DC to kind of make something out of. And so I think some of these like different companies, Amazon in this case, I believe this is an Amazon Studios movie uh, or Apple, et cetera, are like, we need to figure out something that the general public knows about and make a movie out of it. So they, you know, they come and we try to make some money, et cetera. So I think there's something to do with brands here. And then the very last thing is just like, this is a return of like Ben Affleck behind the camera. I believe his last film was like Live by Night, uh, which is the only film that he's directed that I haven't mm-hmm. seen. Um, and so it's kind of a, a return and it's interesting to kind of see him team up with, uh, Matt Damon again, uh, which he has in the past as far as like writing and constructing films together. Um, and then you have Viola Davis. So I think it, it, it's interesting kind of <laughs> looking at it from like you have all these charismatic like superstars in a film together that's also about a brand that's also like on the outskirts of sports movie. So I don't know if on like the front end they announced it. I was like, oh, I'm super interested. But I think when all of those pieces are put together, there was like, oh, I'll go see that in theaters. There's like a little bit of intrigue about what they're going to make out of this. So. Yeah, I kind of build on that point. Initially, no. But as soon as you see the cast and stuff, you're kind of like, hmm, I'm intrigued. At least for me. I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with Nike, Air Jordan, et cetera, right? The cast, hmm, okay. This is, we got Viola Davis. You know, we got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker. I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> it's interesting. This is not a documentary. This, this seems like um, definitely for entertainment purposes. So uh, the star study kind of drew me personally in a little bit more. Uh, I might have watched it on my own regardless, but as far as going to see it theatrically, the, the star power definitely brought me to the theater um, from that perspective. But one interesting thing that Dr. Reeve kind of alluded to that I'll say quickly, this is a joke, but never know, is uh, are we going to get an air universe? (laughs) (laughs) 
what would be next in the air universe? Uh, yeah. The next, the next pair of Jordans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sequel, so the the J twos, the Jordan twos. Sure. Uh, I don't know what went into that one. I thought they the were bar- just ba- the Barkley shoe. The Bar- Charles Barkley um, also had a shoe and has shoes with Nike. Sure. And once, um, <laughs> or Allen Iverson's the eyes. I threes. I don't know if they were called the AIs. Weren't they the, the AIs? AIs. Cro- the uh, AIs. The answers. What about the answers? The answers. What about the Shacks? No, the Shacks. Shacks. You can go those to Adidas, really Converse. Off, but those were a thing. Uh, Kobe. Yeah. Kobe's. Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Shacks. was Adidas. Kobe was Adidas first, then Nike. Uh, and then you can start uh, diving into baseball. The King Griffies. Those were <laughs> Ooh, fun. The Griffies. Those are good. Those are yeah. good. Yeah. Does, does I don't know if every shoe deserves a quality of film uh, like this, because uh, this was definitely, I think, a very quality film. And for all the elements that we all just mentioned, the cast was stacked. Ben Affleck, to my record, I don't think he's missed uh, directing-wise. Uh, did he direct Gigolo? Or was no, he just no, you, no, 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 he did not. I do believe okay. by Night is kind of considered to be his miss. That's the okay. miss. So he has one miss. Okay. He's also only directed five feature films, so. So he's got a ninety percent. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, it, we, we and um a best picture win. He does, he does have a best, best picture win. Was he best director? Wait, 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 ninety percent. He's got 80. a ninety percent. That's eighty percent. Four out of five. Damn, you're right. It's okay. That's why we're here. He does <laughs> have a best picture win uh, for Argo. Um, Wait, did he get director um, for Argo, or he just got Best Picture? He wasn't even nominated, I don't believe. Ooh. Best screenplay for um, uh, yeah, the first one, Good Will Hunting. Oh, that's the thing. Well, there, there are they both are prolific filmmakers, you know, yes. and like in many different facets. You know, we're seeing like Michael B. Jordan, um, kind of take the reins of trying to be an actor director, um. You know, it's kind of like interesting. And I think a lot of people thought he did well with his first one. Um, but we have Ben Affleck right here who kind of gets like memefied and kind of like is like a big like attraction for the gossip uh, magazines and stuff like that. But like when you remove all that, you know, and you take it all away, like he really is a great all around filmmaker, kind of similar with Matt Damon also. Um, they're both movie stars and behind the camera. You know, they're also very accomplished people, and you don't you don't see a lot of that. You know, we're seeing Michael B. Jordan kind of try it in this like kind of next phase of his career. So it is cool to see. No, it's definitely cool to see, and I think this is something worth pointing out too. Uh, talking about the team of Affleck and Damon, Artist Equity. Uh, that's the production team they started, uh, which is super cool because they'll kind of the deal is um and which i think this is their first film artist equity uh it's all about when the profits roll in how do we distribute the distribute all of that back to the crew production team the staff the writers the talents everybody across the board is going to benefit from this film in ways that i guess you know the studios try to cut them out of before uh especially after the box office hits so i think that's super cool uh and it's matt damon and ben affleck started it so they want to cut 
They want to cut of the shares, which is interesting for this movie <laughs> that I think we'll get to later. It is interesting, uh, definitely. And, you know, part of that was why I saw it in theaters and I didn't wait to... Uh, it's an Amazon studio film. Uh, there was a debate to release it on Amazon. Uh, but with all the initial early screenings, there was so much positive praise for this film. I think currently it is what they call the 99% club, which is uh, very rare for a film to be in. Uh, it's getting all this buzz. Already talking early Oscar talks. Uh, but all fingers seem to point at Viola Davis, Ben Affleck included. Uh, in the interviews I've seen, everyone's pointing at her. Uh, and not to mention, again, uh, he's taking his time with this film. Uh, did y'all did y'all read that article about him and his talks with Jordan? Oh, yeah. Um, the Hollywood Reporter article. Um, it was an interview and yeah, I was just like really in depth. Like Ben Affleck was like super open, and um, I think it's kind of easy to forget like how how charming of a person he can be. Um, kind of like when you're only seeing him look like slumped over at like a Dunkin' Donuts or like the photos, like <laughs> like the paparazzi photos of him just looking like he hates his life as he walks around with Ju um, Justice League. Stuff like Justice that. League did a number on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really did look like Justice League did a number on him. He hates um, that film. Yeah, no, um, I think um, I think that that interview was really good, and you know, I think it, at least for me, I think recontextualized like what this movie was about. You know, because um, like the way he talked about how he went to Jordan first and he wanted his blessing before he went and made this movie, and the way he talked about Viola Davis was just like, oh, it feels like his mindset is in the right place going in this is going to be a movie about a bunch of you know white guys at nike coming together to um make a shield shoe deal with the guy who's like fresh out of college um you know but they're not they're gonna give spotlights and give space um to i think what might um you know in different hands might not have gotten the same kind of spotlight so including like Viola Davis and some of the, you know, the Chris Tucker character and stuff like that. So. Yeah, no, there was definitely in that interview, he said, you know, this is Michael Jordan's story and he recognizes what a prolific athlete and icon and what he means to the African-American community. And I think that is definitely shown in this film and uh, specifically too, he said, Chris Tucker, he brought Chris Tucker on one because he wanted to always work with him. And then two, uh, Chris Tucker helped with the script, you know, kind of as far as the perspective goes of uh, the African-American community at that time. I mean, Chris Tucker was alive, one, back then. Uh, two, uh, his character was prolific in this signing. And uh, even Marlon Wayans' character, you know, uh, Ben just kind of, he, he had people in mind and he went straight to them. It wasn't like a casting decision, like a casting director being like, oh, you should go for this guy. Ben knew who he wanted. And we talked about this, too, as far as none of these folks match the height of these actual people. Uh, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fascinating. Of course, Viola Davis was handpicked by 
by Jordan. Um, but also, if you're just looking across, the, and you've already named people that are in this film, but like this is a really stacked cast. And I think, you know, part of, and this is like, it goes two ways for me of like, that's great. Like I, when I see movies, I want to see movie stars, you know, it's not. um so i think it's really wonderful you have all these charismatic performers from from all like different levels whether it be tv film both the stage etc in this film but also that means i wanted more of them like i thought we were going to get more viola than we did same thing with chris ducker as soon as i saw him on screen and he was he was cooking i was like oh yes this is why you're great (laughs) You know, and Marlon Wayans is actually really underrated as a dramatic performer. Uh, Chris Messina, I actually think, did get a good amount of screen time and some and some good back and forth with Matt Damon's character. But yeah, I think what ultimately happens is you have all these really great performers and then you just kind of want to see a little bit more of them. At least I did. Um, I think I don't I didn't want the movie to be any longer. I think where it ended, it was fine uh, in terms of I think it's, it's just under two hours, but I think part of it is because you have so many people, someone's going to have to take a hit in terms of how much screen time they get. Um, But the good news with that is sometimes when that happens is there's some films where if you have really wonderful supporting cast and the lead is not up to it, it really hurts the film. I think Matt Damon was really up to it. He's great in these roles where he's kind of like the, the ordinary guy. And then in other films, he can be kind of extraordinary. And so I think that's kind of one of his like superpowers as a performer. So I think having Matt Damon be so strong um, at least helped out in terms of not getting enough of some of the supporting characters that I really liked. I think, you know, uh, you know, speaking of this, uh, Matt Damon's character goes, well, just the story in general, they made a film from this angle, looking at the business side of things, and they made it interesting. And under under two hours but never did i feel like i was engaged throughout the whole film uh because you know you could easily make the story from michael jordan's side of things where it's literally his perspective him going around but no they chose the nike angle this is a nike story jordan adjacent and they i think they knocked it out the no they didn't knock it out the park they uh that's a buzzer winner it's a buzzer winner See what I did there? Buzzer, buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. Oh, I'm not a basketball nice. fan. Oh. Game, game winner. Buzzer beater. You mix them together. So oh. you merge. Oh, it's okay. I've been found out. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> it probably would have came out eventually. Well, I'm curious, then, uh, you know, uh, Rose the Crafter, as a sports fan, and I believe you're pretty into sneakers. Uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm knowledgeable of sneakers. I don't. I'm not as into it as I used to be. But sports side for sure. I'm aware of the culture. I'm curious how you felt about the film, run. In short, because we're about to dive into all of this, um, I did enjoy the film. It does. I enjoy the perspective. They tell an underdog story with a massive brand, which is funny. <laughs> right because <laughs> you get an underdog story with nike but nike's like they're not they're not struggling <laughs> they're not struggling um but as far as the the sports references were a lot to me which were great and a good thing there were a lot of names thrown around small things thrown around if, if you're like a basketball historian you're like okay i i know this name 
And I may not have known this story in terms of the draft, in terms of what they're doing, and et cetera. So they did do a, a, some name dropping and some fan service, which I thought was good, which kind of kept it intriguing for those Easter eggs. Um, I do think there is an element of uh, promotion in it, <laughs> especially on Nike's side. It, it, it does scream like uh, commercial. And uh, at the very end, when they show the post credit and they do the like Mike um, commercial, I want to be like Mike. Um, that is like that kind of like encapsulates this movie too, because that like Mike commercial was like very much to promote the brand <laughs> of Nike and uh, very much humanize it to to people and, and, and to certain audiences. So I think it's interesting that they chose that one. I actually wrote a paper about that commercial a long time ago um, in my English class about its impact um, and how it how it connects to people. But I thought it was a good movie. I, I thought it does it does tell an interesting story. I think it. Well, let's not jump ahead. Let's not jump ahead. It does a good job, but it's also a, a, a great little, as Dr. Rika said before, you jumped on a nice little uh, capitalist tool <laughs> as well. Uh, but it does a great job on the sports side um, of being uh, knowledgeable and, and detailed. And I don't know Phil Knight as a personality. I don't know some of the characters as a personality. I only know them based on stories, um, which is another thing I would like to bring up. But those stories were told well, in my opinion. Now, could they be glamorized? Very much so. Um, but it didn't feel like they were forcing to try to be a character, because I don't know how Phil Knight was as a person, right? Um, it felt like Ben Affleck just did what he did with the information that he had, and he said, I'll make it my own, and kind of cater it to the story. Um, so if that makes sense, that kind of told an intriguing story um, as far as instead of trying to be as... I don't know, documentary style, fact-based information accurate, which is a, a good balance in movies, I think. Actually, that's a really good point as far as when you have non-fictional stories and it comes to the dramatization of it. Do you go for the factual? Do you have the dramaturg on hand? Did you have Phil Knight? Did you talk to Phil Knight to nail this character? Or do you just kind of look at the story as it is Look at the what he was up against, what he had to go through, uh, and base a character off of that. And I think the film leaves enough wiggle room for the actors to play around with that. And more or less, I think we have a really good story. Are we all overall consensus? This was a good film. This was a good outing. Oh, oh, oh you know, not to be a contrarian. Um but it's like I kind of agree with what everybody's saying. You know, I thought the acting was really well done. I thought some of exactly what you were saying, Rose the Crafter, like that 1984 draft was really just like an all timer. And just like hearing those names and seeing they have like John Stockton, like 16 on their build on their big board and stuff like that was like really cool. Um, the all right, I'm getting into the weeds. We're just talking big picture here. But one more weed thing. Um, when they're analyzing Jordan's game-winning shot at North Carolina and uh, Matt Damon's character um, see something different than what everybody else is seeing in terms of, like, Jordan being ice cold at that moment and kind of, like, being chill, that sports stuff was great. Got me. <sighs> but I don't know. It just kind of felt like, and I know we're, we can explore this more as we go on, um, I always wasn't locked in. And I think where they like missed the most, in my personal opinion, 
what's kind of like the business side of stuff and the marketing side of stuff and trying to make me care about to rose's point like nike winning you know what i mean like i guess you know at the end of the day we know what happens so you really have to kind of make me forget about where nike ends up and how much successful you know they end up being and i don't think they always did that so to, when the dramatic parts came in and we'll get into this uh, more um like the specific points i'm thinking of um i always wasn't locked in i wasn't always like super glued wondering like oh is this gonna work is this am i rooting for them in this moment it's kind of off in certain moments for me you actually bring up uh because i thought the movie was fine i thought it was good i don't it's not one of my favorites of the year um and i, I doubt it will be um considering what's coming up on the slate and what my taste is but I think when it got to, like, they had, what, 72 hours to, to put it all together. I wanted more time of that. Mm. Like, more time with that. <laughs> like, this, like, like, them sitting around trying to figure out the pitch and, like, what's the, the, the drawing of the shoe and the creation of the shoe. Like, we saw a little bit of that. And the next time, you know, we, we touch base with downstairs, like, the shoe was in the box. Like, so I did want more of that, like, weekend of preparation in comparison to kind of a little of what we got in the first half of the film, because that's what was more intriguing to me. And then to, to Rose's point that like, they worked so hard to make like you seem like they're this like ragtag, we only have 250K, but like <laughs> y'all are making millions upon millions of dollars at this point, just in a different, you know, in running. <laughs> like you're still a huge company this is like such a small so i was trying to suspend belief because at the end of the day it's a movie i'm supposed to be entertained but part of me was also like you're like a huge corporation by then you're just like third or fourth in basketball but you're <laughs> a lot of money. like this the ceo is driving a custom porsche like we're not this is not you know a rags to riches situation here so i think that was part of it too is like at least if you really want me to, to suspend belief, give me more time with like them scrambling that weekend to put some stuff together. Because that's the dramatics. That's what the movie, you know, ultimately that's what about it is that they need the damn shoe to get them on board. So let's spend more time with the shoe. So I agree that that, that really would have uh, given me some more investment um, and maybe taken my my rating of, of the film higher. Ooh, ooh. All right, listen, we beat around the bush. Let's get into it. What worked and what didn't? Uh, try to hit as many beats as possible. Uh, let's do this. As you already alluded, I think the jumping point here is looking at Nike as a whole. The film wants you to think Nike is in the slumps <laughs> right now. Uh, if anything, if anything, Nike may not be in the slumps, but the basketball division, uh, as y'all stated, they're the, they're the third-rate shoe in the eyes of NBA players. Uh, nobody wants to sign with them. Uh, running shoes. I thought this was funny. They're like, oh, Bruce Jenner. Nobody wants to look at Bruce Jenner anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Bruce Jenner's not cool. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny too. Not to leave you out there. But I mean, like, same, same with Charles Barkley line too. Oh, like God. They didn't but, Charles Barkley. He's like, he's. He's a locker he'll, room talker. He, bad locker yeah, he'll room. never bad for TV, bad for 
entertainment. Yeah, and now he's, TV. <laughs> he's literally Charles. He's literally one of the most like <laughs> athletes to transition to TV. One of the most successful and legendary athletes to transfer right. to TV. So it's, yeah. it's interesting to see kind of inklings of those conversations. Um, even when they're, you know, they're talking about Turpin and Sonny's over here, like, ain't nobody going to remember Turpin. Uh, he'll be in the European uh-huh. League, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then y'all mentioned, like, John Stockton, 16 on that thing. Mm-hmm. Clearly, if you know the Bulls story, uh, John Stockton's part of it. Uh, interesting watching that. Uh, and then I think another aspect that I thought was cool, too, uh, I didn't, uh, you know, again, Inklings, I probably would have liked more of this too there was a focus on adidas in converse in the film uh very brief not so much but like uh, i didn't even know adidas was uh german based uh and here's the thing too you know it's like don't look at me like that i think you knew germ this is i did this is um yeah i I didn't i didn't that's okay though the movie the thing the movie's trying to do is make you believe that nike is like this small underdog and they're like you know um pulling their shoestrings up by their bootstraps or whatever this thing is and big bad converse and big bad adidas are the evil empire and you know it's like they're all companies they're all corporations you know what i mean and so it's like i'm not you know maybe i i get it you know converse had magic and larry bird and that says a lot about like where they were in the runnings of those times you know in terms of like popularity especially when it comes to basketball but you know just like in the context of watching the film i couldn't quite i couldn't quite hate converse or adidas Mm -hmm. and like be really pro nike in the movie one because i know how they all end up two (laughs) they're all corporations like you know i mean like I don't, I don't, I have a, I guess like I'm realizing maybe watching this movie, I have a hard time like really investing myself in the, you know, the success of corporations, I guess, Nike, you know, Um, I think that was like one of the big hiccups for me. And then we'll get in, I guess we'll get into Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah, let's Um, let's talk um, about Sonny. Yeah, let's talk about Sonny. No. I like Matt Damon's performance, and this is where I think the fiction versus like what's n- the nonfiction, you know, like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's, you know, usually in a fictionized version, like a fictional story about like some guy working somewhere needing to do something really spectacular, like land a big deal. You know, he usually has like a son or a daughter. He's trying to like, kind of like, you know, do this for um his life is going to shits and it's all coming down to like this big moment there really isn't anything like that um for Sonny he's you know he's really smart about basketball apparently he kind of knows his stuff you know he's getting threatened by um Phil Knight I always want to say Phil Jackson uh Phil Knight um 
but you know there, there's not there's not really like i never really got like an emotional connection to him landing this or not you know what i mean like at the end of the day i was kind of like well if he doesn't get it well um even though i also know he gets it so i don't know if you how do you guys how do you guys feel about um i thought matt damon's performance is great but su the sunny character in general i do think they gave jason bateman's character had what you were yes <laughs> and it was yeah. just what's so interesting is it was in like a really wonderful scene between you know jason bateman's character and, and matt damon's as far as like this is why i'm doing it but you only got like a little hint and was on a completely different character as far as that emotional beat <laughs> and i think something else that there wasn't a lot of it was the phone conversation but even kind of fast forwarding to near the end of the film you you know viola davis and matt damon are having a conversation around like here's what we would require to say yes you know to the deal which is like some percentage of the profits it was such a like a short like consideration around like just how big of a deal it is to break like generational patterns of a lack of wealth and why like it was such a huge deal that he was getting a part of the pro the proceeds of the profits or whatever because that doesn't happen in the black community like that's there's a history of like not being able to to reap any type of benefits from the labor or your likeness or image in this case and so i think it, it was like i felt it in the moment of like she's saying why this is such a big deal like we need this for our family and obviously that is why he's so successful and he has so much money and um it but I think there's something to, I don't know, digging a little bit more into that uh, in terms of Elise Viola's character. Like this is, they're asking for a reason. Like, and I, we only really got a glimpse and I don't know if these are the right writers or filmmakers to really unpack that. Um, just like generational wealth and black folks and the history in this country. But I, that's why this deal was so big. It's not just because of Michael Jordan and who we know he becomes but it's because the reason why he's so successful is like all the stuff outside of like not just what happened on the court uh, and so this is like an example of what um not only just like sports figures could do but like musicians and filmmakers etc is like how do we get a piece of the pie and try to grow this so that we're impacting someone just beyond like a corporation um so it may and that scene was so weird to me because just to tie it back to who are we rooting for? Who are we rooting <laughs> for in that scene? Are we rooting for Sonny Vaccaro to convince her not to... If Sonny's our main character. In that scene, are we supposed to be rooting for Sonny to convince her not to make that, like, you know, a hard, like, ask or anything? Like, or are we supposed to be rooting for Sonny to... Or Viola Davis... Um, Michael Jordan's mom. Dolores. Um, Dolores, yes. Dolores Jordan. To convince Sonny, like, it's... In that moment, I think it's, like, the facts of what happened kind of get in the way of... And I think, the, in my opinion, the movie overall, almost, like, the facts get in the way of telling, like, a clean story. You know what I mean? Like, because you arrive there and you're like, all right, Sonny, Sonny's about to get everything we've been building for. He's going to, you know, Dolores is going to come to Nike and this is what we're rooting for. And 
dang it, Dolores, you're asking for something else. Why are you doing this? When we should, you know, it's like weird, you know, we should be rooting for her because it what it actually means in the greater context of athletes and representation and, you know, using their image and likeness and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to say this about Sonny. Uh, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to root for him. Uh, not really, because, again, very capitalist film. Uh, he's a gambler. He's a gambler. And they established that in the beginning early on. Uh, it's kind of ego driven. You know, a lot of times throughout the film, he's like, I bet my whole career on this. You know, uh, you know, he's like telling Phil, you know, uh, we got to take risks sometimes, Phil. Uh, and then, yeah, he's he's disregarding, say, uh, like Jason Bateman's character uh who's got a family at home uh sonny's lost his mother he doesn't really have he's not going home to anybody uh he has nothing to lose and so you i i enjoy watching his character kind of be um i don't know i guess it's it's almost as if he's at the he's in the hot seat at the casino and it's like you know he's on a hot streak but uh you know is it gonna spiral for him uh does he care about anyone else he's bringing down with them uh but like I, I i feel watching the film i wasn't rooting for him but i was intrigued to see kind of uh where it goes and then when we get to that scene with viola it's very much like you know uh oh god i'm, I'm about to lose uh because she's asking for something that is almost impossible and never been done before granted he just did the impossible to benefit himself but then it's like i i, I don't think he, you know it, it, very much that scene does it doesn't paint him as a villain but it shows the uh yeah as dr rika said the generational kind of ideology it's like whoa we don't do that you know if you're willing to go all in on this dude michael jordan you, the least you could do is you know and and I, uh, I I like the quote. Uh, you get remembered for the rules you break. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I enjoy Matt Damon, but yeah, I don't think I have an emotional connection to his character at all. Uh, but he's fun and he leads the way. Uh, I like seeing the audibles he calls and again the risk. Uh, everybody plays off of him very well. I think. Yeah, I think he's, I think there's like really good dynamics between all the characters. I think, you know, obviously I think Phil Knight, um, Ben Affleck's character, um, and Sonny DeVacaro, Matt Damon's character have like really good dynamics. Um, obviously I think, you know, um, their dynamics have been built over long periods of time to being friends. Um, yeah, Jason Bateman's character, really everybody everybody does like i would definitely like want to highlight that like everybody seems to be like working really well um together you know i think i think i keep bumping up into against is like for what like what <laughs> like who is this for like um is it for nike to have a good board presentation um is it for you know it's just it that was that was like something that like i kept you know, I think throughout the movie, um, I'll explain it this way, is that, you know, I think when you're watching a movie, um, you know, you generally go in flat and you'll get like more, you'll get like 
high when you're like really excited about something. And I think the really good movies, you kind of feel yourself building, being more invested, leading up to your seat. I really enjoy this movie, but like, it just felt like throughout it, I was just kind of flat, you know, almost without air, some might say. Um, oh, without and, air. Mm. Oh, you know what? Didn't even, didn't even realize I was doing that. Yeah. Um, but yep, totally, totally didn't know. Uh, you know, and I was like kind of wondering why, because I thought it's like really well, well filmed. And I think I mean, I will pinpoint some shots and some moments that I was invested in. Not to say I was like flat the entire time, but I'll bring up this one now <laughs> and see if you guys want to like bounce off of it. Like the first half of the movie is like kind of building towards Sonny Vaccaro visiting Dolores Jordan, you know, and it's kind of his big thing. He's like talking to the agent who I thought was really good. Um, Chris Mezzanus slept I like, on. I was, am I, am I missing like another role he's been in? Um, uh, uh, Rosa Crafter's favorite, the Mindy Project. Oh no, I haven't seen that. Maybe this and is my first experience with that. I've never seen the mini project for sure. Oh. I am I am familiar with it though. This is no shot. I could have sworn family. you were the fan uh -huh. of the mini project. No, I have seen. Was it Never Have I Ever? I, I like that. I like. Yeah, that that's a great ever. show. Yeah, but, um, he's in that. No, no, he's no. Not. It's just Mindy Kaling. We're trying to establish yeah. oh, why the gotcha. uh, Rosa Crafter likes Mindy Kaling projects. Ah, that's gotcha. not sure. Okay, I could have sworn it was you. It's not me, I can guarantee. You. Especially <laughs> well, after Scooby Doo. Let me stop. This is not the right. This is not the right. It's pretty likely that you have, because he's been he's been in a lot of. He was in Birds of Prey. Oh uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen Birds of Prey. Um, Argo. He's, in he's Argo. been so long since I've seen Argo. Um, yeah, he's teamed up for with. Um, not Matt Damon, but sort of Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck multiple times, and then yeah. was also, I believe, in um, Six Feet Under. Oh, that makes sense. That's a interesting. Is that that's a Ben a, Affleck project? That's the HBO TV show, correct? Yep. I've I've only oh. seen the first episode, but I haven't seen oh, that's that why series. comes later. On. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I thought he was really great. So anyways, um, as I was saying, he's like, it's building up to Sonny Vaccaro visiting Jordan's home and, you know, he's talking to all these people and it's like the movie's really trying to get you to care about whether he decides to visit the home or not. And so when the scene cuts to, I think he's, um, Jason Bateman character gets a, uh, gets a call and the, you know, the camera cuts to Matt Damon in the car in North Carolina on the way. I felt nothing. I just, I just, just like the moment you're, it feels like you're supposed to be super excited. It's like, oh, he's doing it. <laughs> he's like visiting the home. He's like, he's going, he's like, he's being the rebel. You know what I mean? Like, I know the movie expected like me to feel something in that moment. I just, I was like, oh, I guess he's doing it. You know, it was just, I was, I don't know how you guys felt um, the same way, but I felt like that was the biggest moment where I was like, I'm not connecting with what this person's doing. Like, I'm not invested in the arc of Sonny Vaccaro, you know? Uh, if you look at it from Sonny's character, if you look at the movie from a gambler's perspective, you know, the odds are not in his favor. Everybody's telling him not to do certain things like 
you know, they wanted to split the budget among the three players. He says, let's bet it all on one. Everyone's like, that's dumb. We can't do that. We don't have the budget for it. Uh, in the conversation with uh, Peter Falk, or is it Peter Falk? Uh, David Falk. Peter Falk. David Falk, um, Chris Mezzanin's character. One, I would like to point out that scene real quick because usually those phone call scenes are done separately. They were talking on any every phone call scene in this movie. I read about this. They're actually talking to each other on the phone, uh, which I think is super cool. Uh, super different. You don't see that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I understand they are building to it. I want to say it's the climactic moment, but one that introduces Viola Davis into the film. Uh, yeah. And, you know, obviously you're, you know, you're waiting for her. Uh, after everybody's been talking about her so much, uh, you're waiting for this scene. Uh, I not not that I don't think I felt. I've definitely enjoyed the kind of the buildup, just kind of the whole buildup of it's Michael Jordan, all or nothing. I enjoyed that buildup. Uh, I again, uh, I guess to your point, I wasn't maybe emotionally charged by this scene. Like, yes, yes, he's doing he's it. He's doing it. <laughs> I, I but I definitely. Carolina. I enjoyed the buildup. I think from a story standpoint, they're they're doing it really well. I mean, he's he's doing what he's supposed to do for this giant audible he's calling. He talks to Phil about it. He's got to convince Phil. He's got to convince Rob Strasser, who's uh, that's Jason Bateman. Chris Tucker's character's telling him, you got to talk to the mothers. And I like that, too. Uh, you know, he's listening to the African-American about how to land or getting good or get invited to the cookout you know that's what and he's listening he's like i i this, i'm out of my element here uh so i maybe i don't feel emotionally charged but i enjoyed this buildup of the story i would man y'all have me thinking a lot i was already thinking during the film i so i kind of i wasn't invested in the character only on so once I got up, I think it's great that you brought up the uh, Gamma's perspective, Grandmaster, Grandmaster who, because um, I don't know if I even looked at it the Gamma's perspective or if I just watched the movie and I said, okay, early off, I know I'm not really going <laughs> to attach to this character. So let me just watch in terms of entertainment and in terms of not taking it serious, even though it could be a very real story and it, it, I think it's to, well, I know it's to a lot of the points that, that you all have already mentioned. Like a lot of the real drama, the real tension, the and even the, un, the real issues here are more like footnotes. And so now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, all right, I've seen a Jordan documentary. I've seen The Last Dance. I've heard the stories. So like, I know how big it is for Jordan to take on this brand. We know he's this kind of mystique character, but we know who he is, the generational impact that it had, the player empowerment impact that it had. I know all of this, but it's because I'm more tapped into the sports history of it. And so I wonder, you know, if you, Aren't, and even if you are, but if you aren't as tapped in or as familiar with the Jordan story, which is funny because I think it's 
was a plus. At first, I thought it was a plus that you don't really see Jordan mm. as far as being able to just tell a straightforward story. Um, now I'm wondering if I'm just reading in it too much because maybe they they know all this and they're like, okay, how can we just tell a very simple dramatized because a very simple dramatized story because we have no other way we can approach this angle because it's way too way too many factors here it's nike it's jordan these are mega pe- mega people mega brands um and we know the story but they didn't dive into jordan's past but then that'd be a whole separate movie in itself plus if you know jordan you've probably know most of this information too i don't know i don't know y'all bring up interesting points that makes it hard for me to look at this movie and say wow uh, my life has changed by watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we needed this piece of information. We needed, we needed this, this. We needed this. I needed to. I guess I could say it like this: as it's not the story for me as an African American man. It just surrounds a character who could have who's influential um, to African Americans, uh, whether you want to you know agree or not. That's a footnote of the movie, <laughs> but we're getting the perspective of the, um, you know, this this white guy who is ready to risk it all um, for a person. Mind you, he never interacts with Jordan. It's strictly off of the short interactions with Dolores, who Viola did a great job, but it's very short. We don't see any, like, backstory to that. We just hear stuff. You just hear how Jordan feels. You just hear that what it means to Dolores at the end, like you said, when we get that tension built up and it's like, okay, he's finally about to get it. And I'm kind of laughing at like the uh, the absurdness of, uh, you know, how far he went to do it. I'm like, this is just funny to, to watch. Um, but then we're about to close the deal and uh, Dolores is like, we're going to need equity too. And to Hooper TV's point, it's like, as an audience, I don't think they meant to do this, but like, if you're just watching this movie for a second, like, I didn't think this, but it's very easy that you could, by accident, be like, oh, how did that? He just bet it all on y'all. Like, he just he just took more funds and doubled up the money, and you want equity? You want a percentage? How? You're already the making issues. Yeah. You know? And even the characters, like, I, what we just did was like, darn near impossible yeah Yeah, there's no way we could give you that um and they end up doing it but it's a very as everybody has already said it's just a very short like footnote that that happens and the impact of that happens but that's a tough thing to juggle for that movie for that direction of things so i don't know now i'm just now i'm just literally throwing it out on the table in real time (laughs) yeah i think you're bringing up a good point though I, i thought it was fascinating that we didn't really we didn't see Jordan that it was like behind you know whoever whomever the actor was we see behind maybe we see him talk every now and again but it's like very very little and part of me was very intrigued by that because it did lend me to then having to invest in everybody else um at the same time I think you Rosie brought up a great point of like this is a story about one of the most like important sports figures period but also one of the most important black people that has like ever existed (laughs) as a result of just like not only his sports performance but what the movie is talking about is like this business side of things and 
yes, that the film is like we're speaking so much about him in different capacities, but I thought it was intriguing in like a more negative way that like we also just he's not part of it. Like he's not really he's the focus of the movie, but not the focus of the movie. And so I, I thought that was like it would I feel like it would be a completely different film if if he was. Um, maybe not what they were going for, but I, I did find that intriguing of like this is a choice. I think I can see what happens by the end of the film to see if I like it or not. And I'm now stuck because I don't know if I like it or not. Because you're right, like this is a movie that's about a black person who really actually didn't get like any any particular uh <laughs> screen time or it's just it's interesting and yeah i'm not saying that this needs i don't know what the movie would be if he was but it's it's just really interesting well i'll say real quick it's it, yes and it's tough because jordan no offense to jordan he, he's very involved and engaged now but back when in like the peak of his powers he's a very like not speak on on any type of issues and impact person. I don't know if you're in the writing room and you're like, I do I write this because Jordan's obviously influential, but like, (laughs) it's not like he spoke about this stuff during his peak of powers as well too. Um, So I think a caveat to that, and I'm no writer, but that's why I guess it's important that you hear more from uh, Dolores at that point. Um, and and that's how you get the story to stay very much with the air side instead of Jordan. Uh, but we get more of Dolores, who who seems like a very powerful, influential figure in his life, and, and as far as negotiating those things and everything, um, and, and got that deeper meaning to it. But I don't know. It's really that's tough. It's tough. It's a tough thing to touch. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a tough thing to touch. That's all I'll say. I don't know how to approach yeah. that. You bring up a good point. Yeah. Go ahead, Dr. Rika. Oh, it's short. I was mainly going to say that I agree. Like if we're, I thought Viola's part was going to be bigger as a result of like, we're not seeing Jordan on screen, like as a character. Mm. And I thought that meant Dolores is going to take more of the reins. And she was very much in a supporting role. She was not very much in a, very as much. a film as I thought. So I think that's a great point of like, okay, if we're not having this Jordan, we will have Dolores Jordan, though. Um, so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just gonna add on to. I I think the sports figure in me, the sports fan in me, liked not seeing Jordan. I think it kept him in this kind of like mythological space. Um, you know, he's like just too big to be seen. You know what I mean? Like, what actor would portray him? Uh, nobody. It, his name is like, Damian Delano Young. Um, who we see the back of his head with him. Oh, that's the guy playing him. Oh, yeah, that's the guy you. playing that's him. That's the back yes. of the head. Yeah, it's the back of the head. The good back yes. of the head. I I really thought he his back of the head played the role of Jordan's back of the head really well, to be honest. Um, Agreed. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good back of the head. But, you know, I think in the context of the movie, in the world of the movie, you know, he, <laughs> he kind of ends up getting betrayed as like a little kid who lets his mom make the decisions. You know, Dolores is like, yeah, he doesn't really want to be here. Uh, I had to convince him to come. And he's kind of like, he seems like super indifferent to everything. You know, like, um, I want to have a bigger conversation about the pitch scene. Um, so I don't, I won't go there yet. We'll but, get there. You know, we'll get just there. Like, there's, yeah, he just seems like, 
kind of like, you know, I don't even know, like a 12 year old is kind of what he ends up coming across of because he's just like not interested. He's not really having the conversation. His mom's doing all the work for him when he's like, you know, I think he went to UNC for three years at least. You know, he was, he was, you know, not super grown, but he was um, a college educated person and he didn't quite come across that way as a result of the decision to, um, you know, keep him in the shadows and like not ask any questions in these meetings, you know, just let his mom do the talking. But how do you feel about um, not showing his face, Grandmaster? Well, I was going to, well, so <laughs> sometimes it felt forced. Oh my God. Sometimes I was like, damn, they're placing people's heads right in front of where his head would be. Like we finally be able to see it. The Like his shoulder turning. I was like, this is a this is a little too much. This is taking me out of the believability yeah. of it all. It's like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to show him. But I get it as far as, you know, you said like the mythological space. But uh, to y'all's point too, um, yeah. Well, I mean, it, even in the interviews with Ben Affleck, when he talked to Jordan, he very much said Dolores Jordan was a very influential person in those meetings. Um and so uh and i you know obviously if they include him in the story there's this movie can take a different route and look mm -hmm. differently you know it could be a side what they got going on in nike and the b side of the film is jordan and what he's going through but that's not the story they wanted to tell but um i was fine with it again a little egregious at points but it was fine uh i did like the focus on dolores thought there could be more but um you know kind of transitioning now as far as uh the he's you know they're going through the meetings uh with adidas and converse i very much you know talking about the emotional connection in the film i very much was putting myself in the shoes of dolores and james sitting in these meetings trying to see who would be the best fit for their son and i think that the that i that part of the film i think did actually really well uh i don't know uh, i so specifically for me, it was the Adidas scene. Uh, you know, I don't know who Adidas had uh, signed with them at that time. I can't remember who they said. Uh, but, you know, like. I can't, I can't quite remember either, but they were offering a lot of money. Um, but I, I think they're and they were really cool with like Run DMC. And I think the black community at that right. time. You know? Right. I think all, all the other shoes the too, the quality issues. So they were pitching. uh yeah, rather than yeah. like, you know, the way uh, Converse was pitching, you know, bird and magic. Right. You know? And so, what? well, the Adidas scene, so I like the Adidas scene because the moment they start speaking German, uh, I kind of was trying to be like, what is she thinking right now? They're having their own conversations that they don't want them to be privy to. And that is kind of this uh you know generational i guess distrust between company and client you know uh the company pitches that they're going to stand by their clients and yet the client is right in, the potential clients right in front of them and they don't want them to know what they're saying and if the scene was supposed to make me feel like dolores was like we want to be in the loop i got that from that scene and that continues throughout the rest of their their conferences with Converse and whatnot. Uh, and I really enjoyed those aspects of the, those scenes. Did those 
did that ring any true to y'all what i'm saying as far as did you feel kind of that third party viewership empathy i'll just go quickly i'll just go quickly here you know it was so funny you say that it's like, like watching those scenes i think i felt what you're saying but it was always in the context of like sunny vaccaro where i was like like they're doing exactly what sunny said that's why she's gonna come to nike you know i think rather than like feeling what she was experiencing i was thinking oh sunny got it you know what i mean sunny was right like they're going to argue um, the adidas is going to argue amongst themselves about who's really in charge so what it, like in my head i'm thinking oh viola davis is thinking sunny's right um when uh, you know um when uh, converse is like michael's gonna be great he's gonna be mentioned in the same breath of larry bird and magic johnson which once again it's funny if you know that like he's like in every ranking ever of any basketball top basketball players ever is ranked above them you know they're lucky to be mentioned in his name you know what i mean and i think i think i felt like viola davis I think I felt like um, Dolores Jordan's character was like, you don't understand. You don't get it. Like, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear my son is mentioned with their names. I want you to believe she'll, they'll be better. The number Once four. Again, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah. I think once again, it came back to um, me thinking of Sonny. That Sonny's like, Sonny was right. That meeting with Viola, that meeting with Dolores Jordan. <laughs> they, they was such a good performance. I'm getting the two mixed up. It's like, wait a second. Um, was that Dolores or was that Viola Davis? <laughs> was that Viola Davis back in 1984? Uh, being Jordan's mom? Um, let me think. Uh, you know, I kept coming back to... Uh, you know, Sonny being right and him being right would give him the opportunity to make their own pitch. I don't know. I, I was I, I I see what you're saying too. Um but I wasn't thinking about Sonny in that moment. I was just thinking about <laughs> they gotta do right by their son. They want the best Man. for their son. I didn't care less about I could care less about Sonny in those moments because you knew he was gonna get the opportunity for a pitch. So uh, I got, got a question. I got a question kind of based around this. We we live in a time where, you know, where TV shows and giving things more space to really be like fleshed out and kind of every story uh, to kind of get like the space and breath it needs to kind of like really hit home. Um, you know, it's very it's a very different kind of like story, but I really enjoyed um, the. It's not the Lake Show. It's um, Showtime. Showtime. Winning, winning time. Winning time. <laughs> winning time. The story of the LA Lakers um, dynasty. I think it's called the full name. Um, I've really enjoyed that show because every aspect is given room to breathe over the course of the season. Yes, Magic Johnson's a focus, but it's also like the business business end of stuff. You know, it's the coaching. It's like. How Pat Riley comes into power as like the head coach, you know what I mean? It's like everything's giving given plenty of room to breathe. I guess I'm curious, do you guys feel 
this story, same cast. And, you know, this cast, you know, a lot of big actors are doing TV nowadays. Like, this cast maybe would have been able to do a TV show of this. Would this have worked better as a TV show where, you know, it's almost like we're getting the Michael Jordan story early on. We're getting, you know, more of Viola Davis, more of Dolores Jordan, um, and as well as, like, the marketing side of you know nike and things like that how do you guys feel well i haven't seen winning time so i can't do that comparison but i will say i'll bring up the the last dance again i think the last dance did a very good job at spreading kind of the multiple stories that make up you know the eras that they were trying to cover um but i do feel this movie gave me what i needed in the you know less than two hour runtime uh, however, I am pretty partial to series as far as if you really want to super deep dive this, obviously an episode can literally be about Jordan and his perspective of things. An episode can focus on Jordan and his family, Jordan and the business, the business alone, you know, so clearly you can do more with the series, uh, but I was I'm fine here. I will say, I think I'm kind of reflecting on this now because some of my maybe criticisms were there were characters I liked that I wanted to spend more time with. I do think it could have been fascinating to like have a character centered episode of like, what was this particular person doing during this, this time? Um, Almost like, I don't know if you all have seen series where and these tend to be not like limited series, but like long running series that have like bottleneck episodes or bottle episodes, whatever they're called, where you get to see just a focus on one character that's sometimes oh. a side character and you get like this own little story. Like being able to see that, but like, for example, our <laughs> me and who produced TV said at the beginning, like we wish that there was like more time spent with like the shoemaking. So if you had a whole episode with like, <laughs> Is it Phil is also his name, I believe? Um, Pete. Pete. Oh, Pete. oh, no. Sorry, Pete. See? Pete, if you had your own episode, I would remember. Yeah, he passed <laughs> away. Yeah, he, oh, I, yeah, that was sad. R.I.P. But, like, if Pete had his entire, like, 60 minutes where we're seeing, okay, I got 72 hours to get this shit together. That's uh, <laughs> seen on your TV camera. Um, or, like, an hour with Dolores or like, so you have all these people where we don't know what was happening um, as we were focused more so on the Matt Damon character. I, I would have been kind of curious around like having something focused on each of these people and bringing it all together. Um, but other than that, I don't know if I want any more time uh, unless they were going to be really creative. I, I think it worked as a two as a two hour film. Um, mainly because I think on the front end, I wasn't interested anyway. I like, I went because of the cast <laughs> because of like, like Ben Affleck directed it and I did like uh, his other films and things like that. So I think, I don't know how invested I would be for like, say a 10 hour limited series run. Unless they changed a lot. So. Or just make it worth showing for 10 episodes. Rose, what are you thinking? I mean, it benefits from uh, from stretching it out. Like, we're not stretching out, but having time to kind of really explore some things. 
I don't know if it's necessary, but it's a couple shows that aren't necessary that end up being good. So I never want to, you never know. You never know. Like winning time is not necessarily a necessary thing for us to see, but to agree with Hooper TV, it actually is just, it's, it's a really well thought out crafted um, series that even if you're not a fan of the Showtime Lakers um, and to some extent basketball, you just you're in a time period and you got characters getting fleshed out where you can you can start to really connect with them. So it, it will have that benefit. Um, but do I do I necessarily need the air series? <laughs> nah, I'll be okay. <laughs> There's more drama you have to flesh out in the series, so more condensed story might be better fitting for a film. Uh, Can I ask this really quick? You think sure. they vil- you think they vilified Adidas? I mean, they were definitely they called them Nazis. Nike's <laughs> N- Nike's the hero. Clearly, they did call them Nazis. Right. That was Not a little. Sound it though. There's yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. This, this is where I feel. <laughs> this is where I feel like the uh, the facts and the fiction and the kind of like the movie making kind of like conflict with each other because right. i can't imagine amazon wants to fund a movie that like pisses off adidas you know what i mean or frames them like horribly or like you know i guess converse is like under nike now so maybe that's a little messy for nike where nike but like, they didn't t- they didn't really they didn't really dig on converse that i think about it. they bought converse yeah that's they didn't true really too dig on it um, even though Adidas like, is true, even Adidas, it's it's factual. But yeah. <laughs> it was like I, I was like, "Am I here? Let's take out the Nazis." Well, listen, they, <laughs> yeah. they paid a good chunk of money to Adidas just to have the logo in the film. So at that rate, it's true. like, how much is our name worth being in your film? <laughs> You're gonna call us Nazis? Cough up another couple mil, you know? That could be what happened, but I guess like I almost wanted them to be more evil. You know what I mean? I almost felt like they held back. Like the fact that we're having the question of like, did they vilify them? It's like, let's read oh that like we needed the big bad to be like badder. So we had something to root against more. Cause I was kind of just I almost like felt the them holding back in the movie, you know? It was just like, well, we we're gonna try to vilify them. They are the rivals, but we're not gonna vilify them like too much because you know we don't want to like they should be rivals more than they should be villains you know because then everybody who's ever signed with adidas now looks like an idiot you signed your life away with who these guys are painting as nazis uh i don't think they wanted to go that far with it yeah it's like it's like um and i don't you know since we're talking about um winning time in the last dance i think like I think those like documentaries and TV show do a good job of like vilifying like who is ever on the other side. You know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's uh yeah, John Stockton's like jazz or it's in winning time. Um, you know, I think Dr. J is kind of vilified in that TV show, you know, in a way he's like kind of made to like be the villain like of Magic Johnson, you know. I kind of, I, you know, I kind of like that. I want to like them to like, you know, make me like, you know, one more drama for for an hour and 59 minutes, hate Adidas. You know, I, I wanted to root for Nike more and I never quite got there. So maybe vilifying them would have worked. Maybe it wouldn't have, but I almost felt like I wish they went harder just so I would have known. 
Uh, I think I find that I think Rose said this a lot earlier, regardless of maybe how they painted anybody, they're all still corporations that are making billions of dollars. So I was gonna, the only person I was truly rooting, rooting for was like Dolores. And like, I want you to get your money. You know, if we're in this capitalist society where the entire film is just about capitalism and like, oh, we're, we're not making enough money, but we're actually making millions of dollars because we're selling all these things. Like, Good job, Bruce I, Jenner. You know, the only person that I'm invested in is, is the Jordan family in terms of like, how did they, how did the story start? Um, and, and really, this is what we're leading up to is, is the big pitch. But like, I... I don't care who's the antagonist or not in terms of these corporations. Who's going to get their their buck? Uh, I would just like somebody else to get a little bit of it too. Um, and you know, among other things, but that's not the podcast. <laughs> um, I did find though that the the pitch, um, as far as like if we're moving towards the end of the film, yeah, we yeah, let's well, the pitch as you mentioned like the earlier, there was the kind of oh Howard, you're gonna. Lead them in, you know, you're going to sauce them up a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, Pete, you're going to come in with the shoe. Phil, you need to show up seven minutes late. I thought that was really good. Um, like, why? Why you got to show up late? Uh, because we're a big company. I mean, again, they're a big company. They're not some ragtag company. Uh, you got to make them show this meeting is super important. Uh, did you like that? So I, you said earlier you wanted more of that, which I think I would have probably liked more of that too versus just that little circle shot they did. Um, did y'all enjoy yeah, that I'll aspect? Just say, or- I'll say before the pitch, I wanted, like when they're, the circle meeting was kind of cool and I kind of did like the plan. Um, I guess like, you know, I was, um, I kind of liked how um, I don't even know if it's like a great comparison, but like one of the movies that like that floated around to me was like Devil's Wears Prada for whatever reason, because I felt like that movie like really like showed you fashion, the fashion world and like what it takes like behind the scenes in terms of like being a big fashion editor at a huge magazine, which I imagine is like their vogue in that world. I just like it was almost like kind of weird how we didn't quite get more of the behind the scenes marketing. You know what I mean? Like it was big that he went and visited the family. But like I would have loved to see them trying to cut that cut that video together, you know, like be working on like these magazines. Um the fact that everybody else went home like for the weekend and only three people stayed, I thought that was weird. Like I was like you're telling me the biggest deal of the bas- the basketball unit's lifetime is on the line and everybody went home and only three people stayed? <laughs> I was, I don't know. And then, you know, we mentioned this earlier. We'll mention it again now and we'll mention it before we head out. There should have been a montage of Pete building the shoe. There should have been like three to four minutes set to like some killer 80s track of like. Of Which like, they use a lot of. Together. They use a lot of 80s iconic it's sound. It's beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. I mean, a masterpiece. A Mona, better than the Mona Lisa, if you ask me. I've seen the Mona Lisa. Um, this is better. 
you know, I think like I wanted, I wanted so much more of the marketing. I like, I wanted to be lost in the, like not understand the phrases being used and like, but we really didn't quite get that going into the pitch meeting. Um, and so I was disappointed. I was disappointed that in, but I did like the circle meeting. The circle meeting was cool. And that didn't even begin to tell you how I felt about the actual pitch. But before we get there, I see the floor to others um, to talk about the, you know, the build up to the pitch meeting. I mean, I, I agree with you as far as I, uh, there's some things I would have liked to see more. For example, Chris Tucker's character, Howard, I didn't, I, I, was he in charge of like watching over the players, their clients, like client uh, relationship? Um, That's what I got. He was like, once they're in, he takes over. He's mm -hmm. like, you know, keeps them happy after they signed is my understanding. Right. So I guess I maybe, you know, uh, I guess, you know, this leans towards why a series could be better. You get to see more ins and outs and more intricacies of how the Nike runs. I mean, we again, we only really follow four people at five people at Nike. And yet there's a whole building of people. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan's a big deal. All hands on deck, right? Uh, they didn't really get that. I would vibe. think. I uh, would think. <laughs> right, right. It's like everybody stop what you're doing. We got to make this happen. Uh, didn't get much of it. I, um, but but again, I, I guess that's not the story they wanted to tell. And again, I I, I like the condensity of it all. Just it's almost like it's, it's a play. It almost feels like a play at times. This film. Uh, you know, just the sole focus on the main folks at Nike, the Jordan family, the agent, and that's it. Like the Adidas and Converse scenes, that's fluff. But if you want to treat this thing like a play, you literally just focus on your main people and that's it. And at times this kind of felt like a play. Uh, the, the montage of building the shoe, that would have been fluff. Oh, it would have been, been fluff. Would have been the movie. It would have been fluff. The movie's about the shoe. Like we should have got more of the shoe. The sh the I, I think the movie's more the movie. about the deal versus the shoe. It's they called Air. That. Yeah, what's the deal about? Air is just a catchy title. The deal's about the shoe. Well, I understand. The shoe. I understand. But it would have been fluff. It would have been fluff. If if the movie was about the shoe. This Pete would have been the main character. Probably would have felt more emotional connection to Pete. <laughs> Maybe. But if you really want a movie about the shoe, the shoe creator needs to be the main character. They said, what Pete, yeah. what's Pete doing on a skateboard? He's going through a midlife crisis. We don't he know anything about it. We don't know he anything more. <laughs> we don't know anything more about Pete. Yeah, we should have got more of Pete. He was going through it. He was going through what I wanted uh, Sonny Vaccaro to be going through to make me feel more emotionally connected to him. Right. Uh, did anybody flips next to the Porsche? Did anybody have any more thoughts on the uh, the pre pitch before I tear into the actual pitch? I mean, I think I've shared everything that that I thought. I did want more time with the with folks together in that particular weekend, and I agree that. I feel like more than three people would have probably been involved. Like this feels like an all hands on deck situation. But 
What else they got going on? What else did they have going on that weekend? Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. Keep them happy. That was the basketball floor. My understanding was that's the basketball floor. You know what I mean? Like, the, oh, we don't even see yeah. the Bruce yeah, that Jenner was. Um, So, all right, let's well, maybe talk about that's that. What that makes it that, I'll Go say ahead, real Bruce. quick, maybe that's what makes it funny. And I'm going to close at the end, too, what makes it funny is that we're, we're talking about how many people should have been at the table. Um, I don't know how many people were actually at the table, but if it was only a handful of people in real life, too, I think that's kind of hilarious to me. <laughs> uh, all right. It, it so, gives it a whole new perspective of the movie is like they're trying to grow this basketball division and like nobody, nobody really cares. Nobody cares. Just, Phil just said, I, do whatever the hell you want. But then when they actually, so to get to the actual pitch, I was like, almost like offended, like how bad it was. Um, oh, it was terrible. You know, I think, I think I have like, you know, I spent a couple years in a marketing department. That was so bad. It was like almost, un it was almost cartoonishly bad. Um, and I understand that the movie was trying to tell like an arc within the movie of like, it goes really bad, and then he switches the I have a dream speech and just, like, wings it the rest. I don't know if you guys caught that connection. I caught um, that. I did. Um, maybe, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just, it was just, it wouldn't be that bad, though. You know, I understand if you want to, like, if that's the arc you want to go on. But Phil bumbling in, Phil Knight, like, one of the biggest, like, CEO businessmen of, like, all time knows how to talk to clients. You know what I mean? The fact that he bumbles in and like, is like, oh, hey, I'm very busy. Um, you know, because I'm very busy and I have a lot of things going on. I was like, that's like what, that's like, you are a cartoon now. You know, like the thing is like my exaggerated cartoonish way of saying that is exactly how he said it on the movie, which is, was wild to me. And then like, I don't know. I was like, I couldn't even tell what Chris Tucker's character was doing. I was like, is he going for the, is he going for like the black people are always late play and he's trying to like become more personable to them by showing up late on purpose. It's like, I was like trying to make sense of it. But like at the same time, I was like, that doesn't seem like a smart idea. Like anyways. And then he kept being like, I look out for them. So I'm here for them. <laughs> like, I'll take them to have fun, but not too much fun. It was, that felt like all over the place. The video was horrible. I was like, why was that so bad? And then the magazine, everything was so bad. And well, I your, think, like, your critique, all this critique you're doing is because it's so bad, it's good to watch, right? Or are you no, saying- No, I was, it was so bad to watch. I, I felt like it was a bad pitch and it was a bad experience for me watching that. Like I was like uncomfortable Because they acted so was. good. No, I think oh, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's what it was. Uh, it's not like the acting. It's it's the storytelling. It's like that's that shouldn't have been the script. That should so, have. Oh, been so you did not believe in the pitch going wrong? No, I didn't believe. I didn't believe it went that bad in real life. I thought storytelling wise, it was jarring and unbelievable and not compelling for it to go that bad. And it took me out of the movie. Wow. And I thought it was less interesting if it like, it could have gone like better well and Michael Jordan still could have been interested. And then at the end, Sonny, Sonny Vaccaro calls an audible 
and does the speech. You know so what I mean? You did like, not I, like the pitch. Let's establish I that. The really scene. Did not like the pitch. I wow. really did not like the pitch. I thought that I was, was the like, whole point of the scene was that it was going terrible. But it went too terrible. It went from like, oh, this is like this this isn't going well as expected to like cartoonishly bad. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like drama bad like this is a drama this is like an adult drama and you know we are showing you how um through like the way that we've crafted this story that this is not going the way they planned to they are tripping over themselves with how bad excuse me with how bad they are and i thought it just felt like a bad maybe directional choice like you know i don't know if it started in the script i don't know if it started with the direction i don't know quite but i really do not like that scene i oh. think it bumped it bumped it like a complete like half star maybe a full star for me. wow no i think the... i think they did it perfect i think that was the whole point was that and again to the i have a dream speech you know you can plan out everything you know and then sometimes you just have to call out an audible but also too but they didn't they didn't plan it out though that's the thing they that was that was bad from the jump. That's my problem. Is that Bill wasn't good at like bumbling in. You know what I mean? They were, like, ask, the they were asking him to The video was act. horrible. The video was horrible. The magazines were horrible. They, you know what I mean? It's They didn't plan anything well. They played it horribly and had to call an audible. I would have loved if they wrote something as elegant as whatever Michael, <laughs> Michael Trump, uh, Mar Martin Luther King's original speech was. Because ain't no way Martin Luther king's speech was bad originally he still had to call an audible but it was still probably fire from the jump i wish yeah. theirs was fire from the jump and an audible still had to be called I, that's I, my problem i took from that scene i took that simply they were just super nervous they were doing too much planning and they were trying to hit all check marks to where those you know, magazines it looks like they had spent five minutes on those magazines but no no again uh kind of to my point as far as fluff goes <laughs> it was all fluff and it contradicts what kind of matt damon sonny's character was pitching at the in their backyard that was a better pitch than this pitch meeting and it was like well, now they're just trying to look like they're adidas now they're just trying to look like converse and I, I believe, I thought Ben Affleck, I thought that was the best part of this <laughs> wow. scene. Him acting like he had never in. talked to an athlete before. And I'm like, what? I bought <laughs> that he was like, this is a big deal. Uh, why am I showing up late? Oh, I gotta, because uh, they're super, I'm super busy. You're super busy. That's I what say, I took. Dr. Rico wants to uh, weigh in, please. Yeah, because, <laughs> Get in here. frankly, not to be... <laughs> Like mean, you're talking about the least interesting part of the entire scene, because I thought the lead up to the audible, uh, and then having like the the montage of all the future, I thought that was really well done. So ah. I get the whole. Could it have been fire from the jump? Sure, it was shitty. Sure, okay, but the most interesting part for me, which actually did then get me invested. Uh, in the film and and just like the purpose of it in the first place was uh was the montage of him giving this like speech off the cuff and we're like splicing in things that really did happen that at this point in time they don't know but we do 
And so I thought that was really fascinating. I thought that was a good way of trying to integrate in uh, more of like ultimately who we didn't see on screen, which is Jordan. Um, and so whether the pitch meeting initially went good or bad, I didn't really care about because the audible was so good. Um, so that's, that's kind of my perspective on that is like, I really just did like uh, the, the scene and the speech and kind of that particular, I thought that was the most like emotionally invested I felt in the, in the Sunny character. Um, and then just really liked the looking into the future, uh, which for us, I guess is the past, but uh, 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 time loop. I, I love this, this course. This is more entertaining than the movie at, at, at some point. <laughs> um, I, listen, all valid points. I, I don't even know what to say about the video. I, I think there's some elements where it done well. And there's some elements where it was very comedic to me too. So I did enter. I was entertained by the whole scene of it. Um, I was entertained by him coming in late because I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> and so I'm up here laughing. I'm like, this is this is awful. Yeah, he came in completely wrong. Um, you're right, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker's character, like coming in a little bit late and the dramatization of it. I don't know. I'm like, that should we hit just leaned into like dropping the drama and making this a comedy? And just completely like just making uh, not only say a joke, but because the Lord is still very important. But a parody of these corporations and everything trying to pull it together. When it, it gave like a different lens to to the movie. Now that I think about it, because the funniest thing to me, which is like a dramatic moment, is like the audible, and he's like, he says the line that they kept bringing up over and over. Jason Bateman said it first with the shoe feeling is a shoe is just a shoe, you know, until he's in it or whatever and Jason Bateman's over there with his terrible marketing video like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I, I started laughing in the theater I'm like oh my gosh this is this is very very dramatic and, <laughs> and terrible but for some reason entertaining to me so I it could have been better yeah I, I don't know I don't know I don't know I love this discourse, though. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I feel so strongly about it. Um, but what did they do all weekend? Like that video was horrible. Like if those those magazines look like they like cut it out and like sticky glued them on. Um, to Dr. Rika's point, <laughs> I think the early parts for me, as I think about that scene, completely overshadow kind of like the audible. Um, and like my memory of it but also i think in the movie when i was watching it like i was so <laughs> taken aback i was like i was almost like almost felt like and i'm i'm no marketer i work in the marketing department for a little bit but i was like offended for all marketers i was like these guys aren't real marketers this is like no they wouldn't they wouldn't come in this horrible um and because they did and i was so like taken aback and i don't know any other marketers i'm gonna go on like some marketing forums and see if anybody else feels how I feel. Um, and uh, I think I was like, just like, so like jarred by that early parts of it and it being that horrible by the time it got to, what I actually think I, I agree is like the actual juice, the actual important part of that scene. I was um, <laughs> still reeling. <laughs> I was um, still trying to figure out what just happened prior, so. Which might be a me thing. So. It might be a you thing. I, I mean, it could be. It could be. I thought. I very I much thought this was a comedy drama film. So I think it is. It's a comedy drama. 
Okay. But now I'm figuring if it should have leaned more one way than the other because they tried I mean, to balance it. Yeah, and it now I'm like, should it lean into comedy? Should it lean into drama? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think it probably should have leaned into the comedy more. I kind of think think that it never quite figured out what it wanted to be. Like, or I think it wanted the best of both worlds or all the worlds. Like, you know, I think it wanted to be a basketball movie. I think it wanted to be an important movie to the black community. I think it wanted to be a comedy. I think it wanted to be a drama. I think it wanted to be like, you know, a movie about business, a movie about marketing, a movie about endorsement, a movie about deal making. And I, I'm hesitant to say if this succeeded in any one of those aspects. I don't know if there's one in particular that you guys were like, oh, it was great at this i'm i think it was like kind of good and everything without maybe being spectacular so jack of all trades jack of all trades is a massive nut yeah i I, I think it was pretty even i think so i think it was pretty even throughout the whole film i mean we already talked about the call uh anything else on the call uh yeah we pretty much touched upon it uh and we, yeah, we know how this thing ends. Uh, <laughs> he gets it and he like goes to uh, Phil Knight with his tail between his legs. And he's like, well, Phil, she wants equity. She wants a percentage. She wants her cut. Phil's like, all right, cool. We'll give it to her. Um, that was another interesting scene. Um, I guess like Phil came around finally uh, well, to believing I, in it. I, I guess I liked kind of in conjunction with that scene was uh throughout the movie they were dropping kind of the nike rules the rules of nike uh how the rules Mm -hmm. he built up which they were so quick i barely got any of them uh yeah i i wish they had a little more focus because uh had i actually had time to read them i uh, i don't know why i wasn't reading them but uh it could have made a lot of scenes uh ring more true if you actually paid attention to how the scene played out in the rule they just showed but either way um yeah i don't know where i was going with this but um it was an interesting choice those rules yeah uh, i think i think the rule was no i actually i don't know he said you remember for the rules you break so at that point it's like it doesn't even matter because they broke the rules uh change the game uh I, I and I do like how you know uh, I I didn't know this you know Sonny was uh, you know they were doing the you know the thing where they tell you what they did in real life I don't know what mm-hmm. that's called is, is there a term for when a movie ends I like that I can't quite I don't think I know it but I know what you're talking about there's a name I want to know the name of that but um uh, I didn't know Sonny was influential in that case that got all the college athletes uh you know whatever the name image and likeness yeah um, yeah I, I i was like surprised to see that there too at the end um i think i want to like look into it more to kind of like figure out exactly the role he played um but yeah that was very interesting 
I don't know where I was going with that either. I, I like that part. Um, they, they dropped some interesting facts. They dropped yeah. some interesting facts for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the end of the movie. Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, are we walking away with some? I, I don't think any of us are walking away with some deeper philosophical meaning. Uh, capitalism won at the end. Uh, there was the precedent. The precedent was good. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, athletes getting paid for their likeness and everything. The precedent was very, very, very slow. Um, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like, it wasn't like the next Michael Jordan was, I don't, I, I don't even know. Like when the next person who was able to like kind of capitalize on like similar deals, it might not have been until like the two thousands, like with like LeBron and stuff, or maybe Kobe. Um, it took a long time. You know sure. what I mean? This mm-hmm. was Michael Jordan was for sure in a class of his own for a very long time. I, it you know, opened the door. It did. He was the first, you know, and somebody had to be the first. So um, he definitely deserves credit for that. You know, I think, yeah, I think in terms of like the impact, you might be seeing it the most today, like in terms of like the name, image, and likeness. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's like a direct line, you know what I mean? In terms of like this deal led to the NIL deals we're seeing in college athletes nowadays. But, you know, I definitely think maybe it's like a curvy line with some ups and downs and you think uh, some twists a lot and turns. Of- a lot of athletes go into those meetings and be like, what about Michael Jordan? Y'all did it for him. <laughs> <laughs> and they look at yeah, that guy I would, and like... I would actually like to know how many deals Nike cut where, like, the athlete gets a cut after this. Like, I'm, I'll am i try to look that up and see if I can provide that information before the podcast ends. Um, well, I, I guess I'm I think it, I think it did give Barkley a good deal with... No, I'm not sure 100%, but I... I think I remember Barkley doing an interview saying Jordan because they were friends back then. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of did tell him privately, like, you should go and ask for this or you should ask him to give you this when he was getting his. Yeah. Because they came up around the same time. Did um, um So I, I don't want to probably fact check me on that exactly what that meant for Charles Barkley per se. Um, but I think it was mentioned to kind of try to get some type of um, equity or likeness uh, percentage. Did a uh, pack? Did Patrick Ewing get anything? I, I remember. I don't know. They brought know. him up. At they the kind of hinted at. They hinted yeah. about that after. Um, but yeah, I'm unsure. And off of one Google search, I don't know if this could be an easy thing to look up in terms of like how many athletes get percentages or equity on their shoe deals. Um, maybe we'll have a follow up when Air Two comes out. Oh, Air Two, sure. <laughs> like, you know, where we go from here. Uh... I'm curious about because we're there are upcoming films that are based on like brand IP. I mean, Barbie's trailer just dropped last week. Um, I think that's going to be different than what a lot of people are anticipating because uh, the the trailers are so vague. So I imagine there's a story to tell there, and, and Greta Gerwig uh, has has done that in, in her films before. But yeah, I I think it's interesting that. This is the kind of film in terms of like a comedy drama that is very much for adults. 
um, with a stacked cast or things that used to be made before, like a mid-budget comedy drama were pretty popular, at least I, in my growing up, I would see them all the time. I think there was, of course, a shift when we had like Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc. like revamped and, and so you have these big blockbusters that are series that people have some kind of connection to based off of whether reading books or playing video games or prior movies and in the case of Star Wars, you know, re revamping a, a series and an IP. And it seems like studio, and I said this at the restart, that studios are trying to figure out like what we need people to come to the theater and see our movies. We need to make money. And not all of us have the rights to Marvel and to DC and to Star Wars, etc. So what can we get rights to? And what kind of story can we tell based off of that? And so we saw it with Dungeons and Dragons. We saw it here with Air. We'll see it with Barbie. There are probably a ton of other things I just don't know about, I think, that are in the works. Uh, I was, you know, reading up on some things that there are films that I think there's one on like Hot Cheetos. There's oh like a, no! Heard about that? A yeah. movie? Yeah. So these things are are in the pipeline as far as like people eat hot Cheetos. Let's Is it animated? I, like is I, Chester I, Cheeto a character? Believe it is like Air. Like it's about the creation of the hot soup. I think I don't. I don't know what we're doing, Hollywood. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. I saw the movie. Did I have a good time? Yes, because the cast is great and I want to see movie stars and movies. Yes. And I want to see things that are not like I will still go and see the Marvel movie and the the whatever the big IP thing that I've been seeing since I was little. I will go and see that. But I don't always want to see things that are connected to brands or to IP. I would love to see some original content. And I guess maybe this slightly counts. But it's also still very much connected to like this bigger corporation situation. And I just want to see things where like you have a, a young up and comer creator or even current well-established creators. I think like there are people like Martin Scorsese that had to like, is like trying to, to make these deals and pitch these, these deals to these streaming services. Like, let me make a movie with you. And th sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't because there's some kind of like disconnect in terms of like what's happening in Hollywood now uh, and what's happening in terms of like what movies we're supporting getting made. And I don't think it's great in terms of just like being a movie lover that like all of the big films that are that our talented actors and actresses, et cetera, are being attached to are like Marvel films and like immediately upon the Daniels winning best director and best, you know, picture, et cetera, there was like rumors of like, we should get them, you know, onto a Marvel film. We don't, they don't need to do that. We don't always have to <laughs> our young up and coming actors or directors or writers. Like, uh, what was Emerald, uh, that wrote like promising young woman, which I had problems with, but regardless, she wrote an original film immediately was attached to what, like a DC film or something. Oh. And so, yeah what's her name my i think she's great um and i'm forgetting her name too but and she's great. i this rant is is to say that we don't always need things that are attached to ip or attached to like ready made characters that it's okay to support and give your money to to folks who have original ideas because i bet they do have them 
they do have them, but you're not supporting them with your dollars because you don't believe in it. But guess what? The best picture from this past year was an original idea, an original script from young up and coming folks where there are familiar themes. Like we've seen sci-fi fantasy stuff before. So that's familiar, but it's packaged in a different way. And we can do that with a lot of things. And so all this to say, you can make a comedy drama and it doesn't have to be attached to Nike or Hot Heroes <laughs> uh, or Mattel. Okay. The Transformers are coming back. Hasbro. We don't need it. Hasbro. Yep. Hasbro. Yep. <laughs> Let people make original ideas. I promise it'll be okay. I promise that actors and actresses, a cast such as this could be interested in that. If you allow folks to have that opportunity. I thought this was like, a three, three and a half star movie. It was fine. It was well made. It was competently made, competently acted. But I think there's more out there that we could do. Like Ben Affleck has literally made original films. The Town. Gone Baby Gone was based off of a book, but still, you know, there are elements there in which, like, we we can work with something, y'all. We can, we can make it happen. Hollywood, you can make it happen. My rant is done. We're I gonna think, take I that think the town's audio. Based off of, I think the town's based on Boston. That's that's all right. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna anyway, take no. that audio though, Doctor Rika, and we're gonna spread that around. That was really good. Um, unfortunately, though, sorry. Um, unfortunately, though, I think after the success of the Mario movies, we're about to enter the video game phase of IP and stuff. Um, I really think that's going to be the next big wave. Um, so maybe after that, after that wave dies it down, we can like once again we get back to original ideas. You know, but I, I one, I completely agree with you. Um, I think I'm all for original ideas. I think what attracted me a lot to this is that when I first heard about it, it's kind of it's definitely not original. It's uh, you know, based on a true story and it's obviously tying itself to the biggest sneaker company on the planet and the biggest athlete of all time. You know what I mean? So it's tying itself to like, you know, Michael Jordan is a brand. Like the Nike is a brand. Air Jordan separate from those two are a brand. And so it's definitely tying itself to, to that. Um, but it still kind of felt like a fresh and original idea in a weird way to tell the story of like a deal being made. So I at least thought that angle was like kind of cool and interesting. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of going forward, I, similar to you, I respect Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as filmmakers, and I hope they continue to grow um, this this company they're starting. I like the idea of it. And, you know, even though I bumped up against some stuff in this movie, you know, it's still like really well shot. You know, I didn't love all the needle drops in music, but, there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, all right, this one's working for me. Um, and I would just love to see what they do next. You know what I mean? Like, they should continue making movies. They shouldn't go to Marvel and say, like, hey, we need to make money. Um, I keep thinking of Barry Jenkins, one of my favorite young uh, directors, being signed on to, I think, Lion King 2? Lion King. Uh, the Lion King prequel film. Lion King prequel. It drives me crazy, but... <laughs> You know, that's a different conversation. Um, you know what I mean? You don't have to do that. Um, young filmmakers, you don't have to do this. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I just like, I just, you know, I would love for Matt Damon and 
uh, Ben Affleck behind, whether he's behind the camera, in front of the camera, to continue doing projects they want to do. Um, and hopefully they feel empowered to tell original stories um, when they feel like it, you know? So I hope, yeah, hope more, more original ideas and filmmakers make what they want to make. That's what I want to see going forward. Um, Rose the Crafter, I'm going to let you close it out before I wrap it up. Uh, it's a uh, mic drop by y'all too. Great job. Um, it is a simple movie. Uh, it's, it is a good movie in terms of some some simple things it did. Um, but as far as its place in cinematic history or not even, I won't even take it that deep. It's as, um, it's as airy as the the layers as uh, the layers are as airy as um, the sneaker it focuses on. So, oh, <laughs> well said. All right then. Um, yeah, yeah. All y'all said it best. Funny enough, I came in with a four and a half star rating. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was a little high when I saw that. Um, you know, but it's it's definitely not. Uh, to the hype of 90 whatever percent that they're calling it um, but the conspiracy theorist piece of me is definitely like okay they've obviously pushed it's not bad but uh, to to put it as high as it is I don't think it ranks that high even as a standalone sports film if you want to even call it that well I, I think me, of our, the, 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 our our conversation might make me drop that to four stars um, <laughs> which is fine Again, I think, uh, Rose, you said, sim- I like simplicity. If you can make me tune in for simplicity and you could take what is, I think, a very simple story. I don't think it's that deep of a story. But if you can dramatize it and make me care for almost two hours, uh, I, I I guess I care. So uh, right now it's like a four and a half. I'll debate if I want to drop that a little lower. But yeah, I don't think it's going to leave a giant footprint on the world of cinema uh it is getting this oscar buzz real quick do y'all think it's worth the oscar buzz some of that performances any of them like hey you know everyone i'm campaigning for chris tucker i i really like chris tucker in this film i don't know if this is i think if chris tucker i don't know what he's doing the rest of the year i think if chris tucker has like another movie that comes out later this year then this movie could have been like a good reintroduction to maybe kick off another oscar campaign no idea what his his filmography or if he has anything set up he might not um i kind of think this movie is coming out too early i honestly think the super mario brothers movie just like destroying the box office and probably overshadowing air to some extent i think will also hurt it in the long run because I don't think there's going to be enough buzz around this to kind of carry it because you know Oscars this is you know Oscar season's months and months away of really kind of getting started um and so I don't quite see it you know I love Viola I don't know if this is like the role that'll carry her all the way to a supporting actress nomination to be honest and you know, love Ben, love Matt. Uh, I don't, you know what? I'm going to say it. I think Air is going to go over um, in terms of nominations. That's uh, that's my prediction right here. Um, 
once again, not a bad movie. I think it was like a three and a half star for me. And then I thought about it more and I dropped it down to a, a just a plain old three. Um, but I don't think there's enough here to make it an Oscar contender, in my opinion. Dr. Rika, how do you feel? Uh, I'm not as considering everything everywhere came out pretty early last year and still held on pretty strong. I'm not too concerned about kind of release dates. I do think it's coming up against a lot of heavy hitters this coming summer and fall that, you know, I could see it as like if the year ends up being kind of eh uh, and lukewarm, it could be like a number 10 <laughs> as far as like best pictures are, are considered because I think they got a lot of people in here that the Academy loves, you know. But I, with what's upcoming, uh, I don't know if we're, I don't see as much that would make me feel inspired uh, to, to say that it would be a strong contender. Yeah, I'll give you everything everywhere and Coda being early in the year and still carrying on. I mean, I don't think hair has everything everywhere kind of uh, juice behind it. But yeah, to your point, the critics do, do love it. It seems like I think Rose mentioned it's really high in terms of the Rotten Tomato score for the critics. It'll be interesting to see if they continue to hold on to that love into the summer, into the fall. And I think to your point, if they do hold on to that love, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck know how to make the rounds. They know how to campaign. They know how to be charming on Jimmy Kimmel and all these late night shows. Um, so in that regard, I maybe could see it, but it doesn't matter. I've already made my prediction. I said they're going over and I will stick by that forever. So they're doing a big push in the, they're doing a big push in the sports marketing world for sure. Because everything that I keep up with, I've definitely seen Ben Affleck at least show up and, and try to talk which i mean that's what they do so yeah I, I, if you're a sports fan you'll enjoy a lot of the easter eggs but um I, yeah i don't i don't foresee it really but you never know i don't know what these movies nowadays in these in these award shows and stuff i don't foresee it being up there as a heavy hitter but i don't put anything um past what can you know what can happen with nominations and pushes Thing, so yeah, I'm gonna tell yeah. you right now, Chris Tucker, you gotta get some looks. I don't just know. you wait, just I'm you wait. Things, the Chris Tucker campaign feel like an um, <laughs> I'm starting it, just you wait. Uh, I like Chris Tucker, to be fair. I feel like Chris Tucker, well, at least for me, is one of those people you've uh, I've always rooted for <laughs> for some weird yes, reason. I do like I've Chris just Tucker, always, I've I, always rooted for him for some reason. I do like Chris as Tucker. he mature as a as an actor, so it's his yeah. time. It's his time. Uh, I don't know if this is the role. I don't. This is it. This is it. This is it. I don't know if this is the one. This is it. This is it. Telling you right now. And what's I another? What's another supporting actress nom? Viola Davis. So uh, she didn't get last year. She didn't get this year. We're not going to talk about last year. Last year, didn't we know why year. she didn't get last year. Oh, she was up for uh, lead too. Ooh. Some, some semantics, some backward semantics going on. But um, That's okay, the movie can go over. Eric can go over. Mm. Listen, that's a whole nother discussion. Tune into our Oscar <laughs> podcast to hear more about a little bit on that, and I'll always tune in next year for our twenty twenty four Oscar podcast. But um, that is it here, folks. From us at the table, 
on air the hit film about the making of air jordans and the lucrative deal signed by nike and michael jordan and the jordan family uh if you like what we had to say about air well let us know in the comments section uh facebook twitter instagram we're on all social media platforms let us know what you think whether you liked it whether you agree or disagree with our takes on air um if you want to join the discourse and you want to disagree with anybody with anything they had to say tonight here about air we got a discord join our discord in the link below and you can chit chat and uh call people out you can call us out we'll fight uh we scrap in discord um well yeah without further ado i'm your host uh grandmaster hoop um oh yanko dr jason Turney, who's not here uh but shout out to the supernovas that showed up dr rika rosa crafter and hooper tv uh with that said uh we're all gonna now go out and buy some jordans uh everybody here knows a sneakerhead that probably is selling some so go hit up your sneakerhead friends uh make sure that money stays within the community uh let's circulate that um shout out to all the athletes make sure you're getting your money and we're gonna close this thing out with uh by saying what uh jordan's we're gonna buy oh i was gonna say we can sing my adidas by run run dmc you can sing that you got go ahead you got it i'm gonna i'm gonna do like mj and i'm gonna fade away on this one oh okay that's good (laughs) all right dr rico go do something Oh, oh no. I got nothing. Oh, okay. Hooper TV, go ahead. Uh, what was it? Was it the, what are, what are the breads? The bread 11s? Um, there's a, maybe I'd get those. Let's just say I get those. And I'm going to keep rocking with my Adidas.